You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now, and the companies that are using these technologies are the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech and Future Tech Health podcast. I have uh, JJ Abadili. Uh, he's the founder of a company called Level Sleep. And the website is levelsleep.com. James, or JJ, thanks for coming. How are you doing? Hey, Rick. I'm doing great. Thank you. Yeah, so tell me about uh, Level Sleep. What's the premise of the company? Yeah, sure. So um, Level Sleep was founded uh, a little over three years ago uh, with the central idea that uh, most mattresses uh, and pillows, for that matter, uh, aren't designed um, to accommodate the uh, natural curves of the human body. And that essentially we, we haven't seen innovation in, in the construction and design of, of these quintessential sleep products uh, in many years. And that um, with some advances in material technology and some advances in sort of distribution, um, we were able to design and, and distribute uh, efficiently uh, and products that were novel, uh, clinically tested, and, and proven to be um, uh, efficacious, and, and do so in a in a way that actually saved consumers money uh, by kind of avoiding the traditional retail channels or emphasizing direct consumer approach. Okay, so what does that mean that you uh, you develop mattresses and pillows that uh, help people sleep better? And if so, what's the mechanism? Yeah, so um, really we started from a biomechanical standpoint um, and, and, in, and an idea around kind of two primary um, goals uh, of spinal alignment and uniform low pressure. Um, in, the, in the sort of industry, uh, those two things have been at odds. And you kind of think about it simplistically, um, as consumers were asked to uh, find a mattress somewhere between soft and firm. Uh, on, a, on sort of a continuum. And the idea, uh, right, is that each person might find a, a sweet spot where it's firm enough to give them support, but uh, not too firm uh, as to create, uh, you know, pressure, high pressure buildup and thus, you know, tossing and turning or, or pain. Um, and that idea is something that really is just like consumers, I, I think, to compromise, uh, to compromise, to find sort of the least worst solution, um, and, and maybe, you know, give up support in favor of low pressure or tolerate uh, pressure uh, in order to find support or, or, or alignment, final alignment. Um, and so what uh, the central observation of, of our products was is that the human body has got a curve to it. So why are mattresses flat and undifferentiated from head to toe? Um, so we built a mattress that's soft where you want it and firm where you need it. Uh, firm in the areas that allow for, for, um, for example, lumbar and torso support, 
but soft, say, in the shoulder uh, and sort of medium in the hip where you would uh, typically find pressure buildup, for example, for a side swing. So we, we design products that, again, are soft where you want it, firm where you need it, that, that simultaneously uh, align the spine and provide uniform low pressure. Those, patent, those uh, products are, are patented. Uh, they underwent a, a series of, uh, of uh, call them trials, 30-person uh, sleep trial conducted by some of the leading sleep researchers, uh, and have now been market tested over the last you know three years or so uh, in a direct-to-consumer model. Uh, interestingly, the a good portion, uh, majority I would say of our, of our consumers to date have been um, patients of chiropractors uh, who really understand sort of the value of spinal alignment, but at the same time, you know maybe are, are a tough case in that they've you know, either dealt with periodic or episodic or even chronic uh, pain and have found, uh, you know, the overwhelming majority have found, um, you know, I guess, relief and or um, just uh, improved sleep out of out of our products. So, for example, what is a, <clears throat> what does a mattress look like or it just looks like a normal mattress to the eye? And if you lay on it, you know, let's say on your side or your back, what do you experience that's different from a normal mattress? Yeah, so, um, you know, the cover, we have a cover on it that, that sort of tries to emphasize the three main zones of the mattress um, that differentiates between the, the soft area, the firm area, and the medium area. Uh, if you think about it, like a, a mattress, you know, traditionally might have been built like a sandwich from, from top to bottom, but we're building ours from head to toe. Um, so we're literally, um, you know, uh, aggregating uh, pieces of, of materials of foam um, from head to toe, assembling them that, that contain very, very significantly different uh, firmnesses and densities. Well, not densities so much as firmness. And so what, uh, and so what it looks like and what it feels like to the sleeper uh, sort of as follows is the top 22 inches of the mattress is soft. I mean, I'm talking extremely soft. You touch this thing and, you know, if you spent a night on a mattress that where the whole thing was that soft, you know, you would wake up and your back would just kill you, right? It would just be so, so soft. Um, but when you lay on it, for example, on your side, uh, you are able to, to drop your shoulder straight into this very soft surface without feeling that sort of traditional um, uh, pressure buildup that you might find on your shoulder. What's more is you might observe yourself or, or others uh, often when sleeping on their side sort of tuck their shoulder around uh, to kind of get off the tubercle and kind of get off the the boniest part of the shoulder kind of come off onto the sort of backside of their shoulder. Well, that's twisting their spine. So with by aligning a very soft surface for your side, uh, for your shoulder, you can kind of go straight into it and maintain alignment. Uh, and then the next 10 inches is, is the firmest part of the mattress, what we call like the lumbar support band or the torso support band, whether you're sleeping on your back or your side. So when you're on your side, it acts to maintain um, your torso uh, and, and not allow it to drop uh, towards the mattress in the sort of gravity-induced spinal alignment that you might, uh, or spinal misalignment that you might find with a, a traditional mattress. And then the hip section is, is all sort of a medium, uh, medium firmness uh, area. And that, that is sort of more in line with what you might find a typical mattress in terms of firmness rating, kind of call it like a six or seven on, the, on, the, on a scale of one to 10. Um, and, what, and what that does is it gives you um, sort of a, a mix between uh, support and, and low pressure because the hip, you know, pressure, uh, hip pressure is real, something that people toss and turn away from. So you definitely want to not have something too firm on your hip. 
but it also needs more support than, for example, your shoulder does just given its relative weight. So when you put these things together, again, imagine the side sweeping uh, sweeper, side lying sweeper, if the shoulder drops in uh, the most or the furthest, the torso is supported by the firm band and then your hip and the medium surface and allows you to maintain alignment uh, and drop into the mattress sort of evenly because of your different proportions of your body are receiving different amounts of support. Contrast uh, of say a, a traditional mattress when you can imagine someone sleeping in what you know, we call the fetal position where you're all curled up because your, your, your body is, is sort of uh, hitting the surface with different amounts of weight um, and it's kind of curling into that mattress surface. Well, we want you to maintain the, the level, so to speak, as, as the company's named, level alignment across the mattress. Um, and, and then when you're on your back, what you really just feel is, uh, is lumbar support. Um, and, and sort of a, a decompression of the spine. Um, whereas on a traditional mattress, you might sort of sink into it and kind of lose that curve of your lower back and sort of become a little bit of a C as your body falls asleep and your muscles let go of your spine, uh, your spine will lose its curve. It'll be pulled down towards the mattress surface. While on ours, because your hips are dropping into a slightly softer surface and your shoulders are dropping into a, a softer surface, your torso and your, and your lumbar, lumbar thoracic spine is supported by the firmer sur surface, it's much just like having lumbar support, say in an office chair or in a car. Um, and what you realize is that, uh, you know, so much of the day's activities are compressing, right? We're hunched over uh, our uh, computers or we're hunched over our phones or hunched over our steering, steering wheels. Um, even if we're active, we're engaging in compressive activities, cycling, running, et cetera, um, are all compressive activities. And what, what um, our products are about are about decompressing the spine, restoring the natural curve that we're born with, that say like a proper posture and alignment would look like, um, and kind of opening yourself back up throughout the night. And what you find is you wake up feeling better than you did when you went to sleep. And as simple as that sounds, um, that, that premise is something that I think we've lost sight of. Um, so many people have just sort of resigned themselves to waking up sick and sore, waking up groggy, waking up feeling like they are so tired, um, you know, not it, not feeling better than they did when they went to bed, which is really what the goal of sleep is. Sleep's supposed to be restorative. And so that's what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, I'm, um, you know, I'm heavy, so um, I tend to crush the mattress. So when they say like a mattress will last you for seven years, that's not happening with me. It might, it probably and after a year, even with turning it, it feels like a, what I call a piece of toast. It's got like a hard crust around the outside. You know, it's it's, it's hard because I haven't crushed it there. And as you go towards the middle, it's gotten softer and softer because my weight has crushed it, you know. So uh, it would be nice to have one that the firmness changes in the opposite way so that it stays level as it deforms and gets compressed by uh, someone sleeping on it, you know. Yeah. And, and actually, I'm glad you mentioned that because this is really interesting. So. Um, you know, part of what is driving level sleep success is a trend to, you know, essentially online mattress shopping or call it, you know, mattress shopping outside of the traditional retail channel. And part of what uh, enabled this revolution to happen, and it, and it is really a revolution. I mean, in the last, um, I don't know, four years, uh, the percentage of mattresses sold online has gone from something like 5% to something closer to 20%. And it's become a multi-billion dollar industry um, in just a few years uh, or subset of the industry, I guess I should say. Um, and part of what has enabled that um, has been 
the ability uh, for manufacturers to take a 10 inch mattress or you know, eight inch mattress, a 10 inch mattress, 12 inch mattress, it doesn't really matter. And compress this mattress from its full height, in our case, 10 inches, compress it from 10 inches down to one inch, like a pancake and roll pack it, uh, fold it, roll pack it and put it in a box. that's only say like 90, 20 inches wide by 45 inches uh, tall and ship it via UPS or FedEx. Um, and, and then allow the consumer to open that mattress up and have it rebound. Um, and, and, and do so without compromising the sort of structural integrity of the product. Um, that advancement, um, which has enabled uh, companies to deliver really high quality, domestically made products in our case, we pour all of our foams in California, the mattress is assembled in California, shipped around the country, um, in a, in a, at you know, half the cost of what you might expect to pay in retail. And, uh, but one of the, uh, getting back to your observation on, on your mattresses is one of the benefits or the side sort of a, a side effect benefit of, of that process is that the mattress gets broken in uniformly under thousands of pounds of pressure during the compression process. And uh, such that when your body gets on it for the first time and spends a year on it, it's going to, it will, it is not going to do anything to that surface um, that just thousands of pounds of pressure has been already done. Uh, and so you're much less likely to find what you're describing as body impressions, for example, or the peaks and valleys that you find in a mattress after a few years where they break in around your body, but not where, you know, where you sleep, but not where you don't sleep. Um, and that's a, that's a benefit of, of actually a, a, a kind of bed in a box model. And, it, and it's true of most bed in a box, not just ours. Um, though I will say that having the quality components, quality of the components of the foams does vary significantly. So, you know, a $200 bed in a box is not going to perform um, most likely the same way that a $1,000, $1,200 bed in a box would. But, uh, but so yeah, so you, you, I think you'll find that um, that experience of body impressions is less likely to happen uh, in a mattress like ours. So what, um, what was your sleep study like? What... Um... I don't know how many details you can give, but what did you have participants do and how long and what happened to them? Uh, yeah, so um, it was a 30-person trial. Uh, it was, in fact, in, you know, people who are interested in kind of getting all the details, I'll kind of give you a high-level high uh, deal. And if you go to levelsleep.com, um, there's a, an hour research tab, and there's a, we kind of get into the details there. But 30-person uh, study. Uh, participants were, um, you know, put into three conditions based on uh, um, uh, kind of age, gender, uh, and whether or not they slept with a bed partner. So we had a, you know, essentially even mix of, of those uh, kind of categories. Um, and the participants spent five nights on uh, their existing mattress and five nights on the level food mattress. Um, and uh, we measured, uh, and but the, the study uh, 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 conductors did uh, measured both objective and subjective data per kind of typical sleep study uh, things. So objective data would be using, say, like a, a, a wearable um, device that allowed uh, you to measure um, the time it took people to fall asleep. Um, measured the number of awakenings in nights at night, the number of uh, shifts in body position, um, the total sleep time, total time in bed, for example. 
um, those sort of objective data points. And then subjective data was collected um, through a series of questionnaires that um, are sort of the established status quo in, in sleep medicine um, that uh, are called the, P the Pittsburgh Sleep Quality Index, the F4 Sleepiness Scale, and then uh, an exercise called morning rating scales where you say, you know, rate on the scale of one to 10, you know, how well you slept last night and, you know, a bunch of other categories. And then, you, and then, you know, the next point, which is really important, and this is, you know, always important when you're evaluating sort of the claims that a company makes is to think about the methodology of their research is that the, that a full statistical analysis was done on the, on the results. What that does is allows you to really say, well, you know, was this result statistically significant? Um, so, you know, what I say about the study is um, it, it, it had incredible results. You know, participants per, uh, reported less than 50% uh, reduction, for example, in morning pain and sickness, or it was actually higher. Um, they tossed and turned 34% less. They woke up with, you know, 43% less fatigue um, and 60% less daytime dysfunction due to sleepiness, which was part of the questionnaires that they would ask, for example, in the afternoon uh, after a night of sleep. Um, the, the results were fantastic. And, and that's important. And it's helpful to know that there's science behind here. But, but here's where, you know, science kind of comes to, you know, being a, a, a smart consumer is that, you know, we take the position that, you know, we know how and why our product works. Um, we know that it worked in a, you know, in a statistically significant study. But until you, as the consumer, gets at home and sleeps on it, and sleeps on it for some time, uh, that's the only way you will know if it works for you. Uh, and so we give our customers 365 days, a full year, to try our products in their home, risk-free. Um, and if it doesn't work for them, if it doesn't, you know, meet their you know standards of, of improving their sleep um and, and meet their satisfaction then we send someone to their house to pick it up typically a charity uh and we give them a full refund of their money uh, and we take this position that you know our, our brand's very important to us um we don't want anybody feeling like they're stuck with our product that that they're that they don't absolutely uh, love and so we that's our that's the approach we take uh, and so for many people who don't get to try the mattress first, it's a, it's a kind of a mental hurdle that they have to get over. You, you remind yourself, well, I can try a mattress in a store and lay on it for 30 minutes, or I can lay on it for an hour for that matter, until you get on it, get it home and sleep on it for many, many hours for several, several nights. And I would say several weeks. That's the only way you're really going to know if the mattress is right for you. So we take more of a buy, then try approach uh, to mattresses. Is there um is there any adjustment period like the first night do people have problems and then it takes two or three nights to settle in or is it immediate? Um, both. <laughs> I, I've seen it. I've seen both for sure. Um, I've had people um, you know call and complain after two nights. Be like, um, you know, my back actually hurts. I don't, I don't like this at all. And you know what's going on and encourage them to give it a few more nights and then you know get a call you know three days later i'm like oh i'm so glad you you suggested i stick it out here's uh the way to think about it is um the bed is almost like an orthotic for your body um your body is on an, i would say maladapted to to laying on things that don't offer proper alignment and support um and so when it receives that support finally for the first time it can be a little bit of a shock to the system and so your body will then adapt positively towards finally getting that 
that support and and uh, and alignment that it that it needs. Um, but it take it can take some time. And I would say that's true for if I just and this is back in my envelope. I don't actually have the data on this. Just kind of based on the um, anecdotes, I would say that maybe twenty percent of the people have an adjustment period. Um, I would say that the rest kind of just immediately fall into uh, a satisfactory state of of um, of liking it. Of course, we do have some customers who never end up liking it, um, and and they do return it. And you know, the finger that figures, you know. Um, sort of in the uh, high single digits and and that's fine you know it, it, not every product is for every person but when you see the incredible results and um, incredible feedback we get from the 90 plus percent people who who really uh, end up enjoying our products um, it can be, it's really rewarding for me personally as a founder um, and I think it gives us a lot of excitement about the future growth of our company so um how did you come up with this idea and when and you know what what caused you to do it? So I was introduced um, to the design of the products by the inventor, um, who's a, a gentleman named Roger Schramick. Um, and he invented these, uh, he first invented actually an anti-snoring pillow in the late 90s. Um, and and then these researchers um, at Stanford encouraged him to, to take a look at the pillow. Uh, and, and just as he did with the, uh, sorry, to take a look at the mattress. Um, and just as he had done with a pillow, uh, and we actually have a, a kind of a since improved version of that pillow um, that we also saw, which we can talk about, um, which has a goal of uh, opening the airways and uh, reducing snoring and, and also accomplishing some things with neck, uh, neck alignment and, and whatnot. Um, the, uh, he had designed this sort of mattress design and and he had, you know, basically was looking for ways to bring it to the market. Um, had kind of played around with retail and other things. And I saw what was happening um, in the direct consumer space. Um, myself at the time was going through some sleep related challenges. Uh, my wife and I were on our third mattress in eight months. Um, she'd come off her third pregnancy. Uh, and, you know, we just were, we were adding toppers. We just could not find something that made us both happy. Uh, either my back would hurt or her hips would hurt. Um, and we were just constantly battling, spent just a ton of money trying to find the right solution. And, and so I said, well, hey, I'm in the market. Let, let me try this. Let me try this thing, this prototype. Um, and we tried it and we were blown away. Um, and so we built Level Sleep as a brand um, and, and to, to take these products to directly to consumers. Um, and, and really I, the idea to take it through a network of chiropractors um, was sort of our way to, without a lot of money and investment, um, try to reach an audience that we knew understood spinal alignment and understood the benefits of spinal alignment. And at the same time, we're you know, maybe tough customers. Um, and so it was sort of an um, attempt to, to kill the idea, uh, so to speak, and, and sort of kill the idea, and, and, we, and we couldn't. <laughs> and that was a good thing. And then we had something on our hands. And with free returns, um, you know, you got to make sure that enough people are going to like it and your sample size is large enough because, you know, if you have 30% returns, you don't have a business. Um, but uh, we were able to prove out the product, prove out the pricing. And actually in the last um, few months, we joined a, a larger uh, direct consumer mattress company that's building a multi-brand portfolio. Um, and that's additionally kind of jump, um, sort of jump, uh, jumped up our growth profile 
um, in the last few months. And so now um, we're part of the portfolio of brands that include Nectar and Dreamcloud um, and Nawara, which are all kind of in different categories. Our, our mattress fulfilling sort of the performance category of mattresses and or the orthopedic uh, category of mattresses. Um, and what's really cool is, is since becoming part of this family of brands, I've um, been sort of leveraging some of the buying power we have with vendors, suppliers, um, uh, of course, leveraging technology, leveraging uh, customer service operations, logistics, et cetera. We've been able to drop the price of our mattress significantly uh, in the last six months uh, and, and essentially pass on to consumers uh, incredible savings such that now you can buy a queen level sleep mattress for around a thousand dollars or even a little less. And, uh, and that's, um, that's pretty unbelievable um, value for, for what you're getting. Well, very good. Tell me a little bit about the uh, anti-snoring pillow and then we'll wrap. Yeah, sure. So the pillow, like I said, was originally designed um, by Roger back in the late nineties. It was actually licensed uh, under a, uh, and, uh, sorry, it was, it was licensed as a anti-snoring pillow to Brookstone for a number of years. So it's funny, I, I find people who, who had who had bought that pillow back in sort of the mid 2000s. Um, it, it's changed somewhat. We've improved it, um, but the core features of the pillow are um, it's a it's a cervical pillow, and what that means is that it uh, provides support under the under your neck and the sort of the bridge of your neck and allows your head to fall back. If you imagine a back sleep, in fact, you can do this exercise right now while we're while we're talking, and your listeners can can do it as well. Um, standing up or sitting down doesn't matter. Take your chin and kind of angle it down towards your chest. Take a deep breath. Now lift your right. chin up and have your nose pointing straight at say like the wall in front of you, um, so that your your head is back uh, and even up at a little bit of an angle towards the ceiling. Now take a deep breath. Well, most likely you just got about 40% more air uh, through your diaphragm and your lungs and, and through your through, uh, mouth and nose as well. And so what uh, allowing your head to fall back does is it opens up your airway. And so there was a study done called cer uh, Cervical Positional Effects on Snoring and Apnea um, by the same researchers at Stanford uh, using this pillow and found that it reduced the uh, uh, the amount of sleep disordered breathing uh, by over 25%. And what that means is that um, how we position our head has, has a significant effect on, on our breathing. Um, and, and that's true for back sleepers. But what we also observed with side sleepers um, is that people were kind of putting pressure on their jaw um, and, and, um, uh, kind of putting their head on, or they're, they're resting their face on their pillow, right? Putting pressure on their jaw and kind right. of closing their airway that way. And so what we did is we put an ear well on all four corners of the pillow such that you can always find a corner of the pillow to put your ear in. And what that does is it puts your weight on your skull more than on your mm. jaw. Mm. Takes, pre takes pressure off that, opens up the airway. Um, we actually believe it, it also has some beneficial effects to your skin, maybe an anti-wrinkling pillow too. We have not tested that yet, but 
That's our anecdotal right. evidence. And um, and and uh, keep the airway open and re- take pressure off your jaw. And pressure on your ear, on your actual ear, is something that people actually toss away from pretty significantly. Um, and you know, people will say, oh yeah, I, yeah, I do know my dentist. My ear, I wake up with my ear burning or, or something like that. So the ear wells are sort of the, the second feature. And then um, what we do with with the product in total is we make it um, adjustable. Right, because of course people have pretty significantly different shoulder um, sizes and neck lengths and whatnot. So you can rotate the pillow 180 degrees to get more or less neck support based on sort of how long your neck is. There's foam inserts that allow you to increase or decrease the height of the pillow so that your neck can be in a neutral position. And what the pillow amounts to is a pillow that allows for, it, it basically amounts to a pillow that is lower profile while you're on your back and a higher profile while you're on your side so that you don't have to have, you know, a lot of times when people rotate from their back to their side, they're messing with their pillow. They're either flexing it up typically to make it taller for their side um, or they're, you know, removing from one pillow to two or back to one, and, and it's just disrupting sleep. So with our pillow, you can seamlessly roll from back to side without um, having to make any adjustments and, and maintain the right alignment. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh- I lay it on a pillow sometimes, and yeah, my my ear usually gets crushed. Um, actually, it can also amplify sounds. So if your ear is pressed up against the pillow material, and then to the bed material, and if there's ambient sounds or scratching on the floor or things like that, uh, it can go into you and actually wake you up. I guess it's a maybe you think it's a subtle phenomenon, but uh, I've noticed that for sure. Yep, yep. You know, even if a partner is moving around on the bed and, you know, your ear is pressed to the bed, you're more likely to hear them than if it wasn't pressed to the bed. So that's, that's pretty cool. Hmm. Yeah. And actually that, that motion transfer thing is really important too, because that's a good nice, uh, feature of all foam beds. Um, one of the, um, is that, and this is not just our bed, but it's really kind of any all foam bed to be honest is, uh, really reduces motion transfer. So when, because you don't have this sort of interconnected, coil or inner spring system under kind of underlying your bed so that when one person moves on, on one side you don't feel them on the other um, and that, that helps with sleep and i think all of these things amount to um you know some small and some large but amount to uh the goal of improving sleep which in total is huge <laughs> and that's and that's oh, yeah. really um you know that's really something that i think is starting to gain a foothold and you know, if you look back over the last 20 years um the amount of time, energy, money, um, and learning that, you know, as a society we've put into say like exercise uh, or nutrition um, has been huge, right? And we've sort of optimized and started to dial in, you know, what does it mean that to live a healthy lifestyle through through exercise and, and through nutrition. Um, but sleep, you know, was sort of the third stepchild, right? Sort of forgotten about. It's like, okay, you know, Maybe we sacrifice our hour, extra hour of sleep to, to get up and, and get a workout in. Or, um, you know, of all the things, especially, you know, for those of us who are, you know, maybe a little bit skewed towards the type, type A spectrum and, and take on a lot and are very busy and like to have, you know, a lot of activity and activities in our life, both, you know, professionally and socially and, and all of the above, you know, families, the whole thing you know, what gets lost, what gets sacrificed, and it was always, always sleep. And I know that was from, true for me personally. And, you know, I thought, you know, five, six hours, good enough, right? Um, and I, I think that idea is now being challenged both scientifically with uh, incredible research coming out over the last few years, 
Um, but but now more importantly, probably culturally, um, where culturally people are are becoming aware that sleep is not. You know, I used to say even just two or two, three years ago, when I was getting into this, I said, you know, it's the third stool. I sorry, the third leg on the stool of of wellness. You know, sleep, um, exercise, and nutrition. Well, it's really not. It's really actually foundational uh, and more more sort of primal <laughs> in some ways in its need. Because if you don't have the sleep, it negatively affects significantly um, the nutrition angle, the 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 health. Uh, that we can get through exercise. There's incredible research on um, essentially when we sleep six hours or less, um, you know, we uh, we we are 20% less efficient in how we uh, consume and burn uh, calories. In other words, we the the um, sort of the the things that tell us that we're hungry, um, they uh, we 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 you know. We produce 20% less of that uh, when we are uh, when we sleep six hours or or less um, when or, or that tell us that we're full. Sorry, not hungry but full. Um, we tend to eat 20% more calories. We choose worse calories when we're short on sleep. Um, short sleep of six hours or more um, is you know tied to uh, diabetes, obesity, um, you know poor decision making. Uh, it, it, the list goes on and on. Um, so uh, it, it's really foundational and people are, are starting to realize that. Well, very good. So what's the best way for folks to find out more? So levelsleep.com um, is definitely the place to go. Um, you should find kind of everything you need about the products and maybe some more interesting stuff about the biomechanics of sleep. Um, we have to be building out a little bit more sleep uh, related content uh, just about sleep generally on the site to be helpful but you know there's quite a bit a lot of that out there and I encourage you to to find it in your readers there's some great books um, Matthew Walker has an excellent book on sleep um, if you're interested in the topic now I'd say for your readers who are looking um, you know who are thinking about their mattresses and their pillows and you know I would say don't put up with something that's not working uh, sleep's too important and um, you know the the cost while maybe the upfront cost may seem significant, um, it's it's minuscule <laughs> compared into the to the impact that it has on your life. You know, and think about it over a ten year hold period. You know, it's like twenty five cents a night, right? Or <laughs> maybe less. I'm not doing the math at the moment, but it's it's important. And so, um, find something that allows you to to buy then try. That gives yourself plenty of time to, to try it at your home and really sleep on it for a few weeks, maybe even a few months, because your body goes through different phases and make sure it works for you. Uh, and then, you know, ultimately, um, don't, yeah, just don't compromise. So, um, yeah, check us out. And, and you can always find us a little bit on social media, everything under level sleep, but the web's the place to go. Very good. Well, JJ, thank you for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Rich. Take care. I just want to add one quick note. Uh, the founder, James Abadili. He's uh, been very gracious and offered a discount coupon to Future Tech podcast listeners only. So if you want to buy the mattress, go to levelsleep.com and coupon code will be FTPODCAST, as in Future Tech Podcast, and it'll give you a pretty significant discount on the mattress. So he wanted to offer that to you, and uh, we're glad to do that. We don't get any commission on it or anything. I just wanted to be a resource for you, the listeners. Thank you very much.
You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now, and the companies that are using these technologies are the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you. Thank you.